This is a recording of Joseph Murphy's The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. This book is in the public domain. Published in 1963, the language and references will seem a bit out of date, and if you get caught up in that, you'll miss the gems. My name is Lane Smith-Brown, I am the founder of WeirdHummingbirds.com, and I've recorded this book for my students as it is a powerful resource to help us all understand what is available to us within our own subconscious mind. I trust you'll enjoy the book. Be sure to check out the extra resources in the show notes when you're done. There's even a free tool to get you started. The Power of Your Subconscious Mind Introduction Brought to you by WeirdHummingbirds.com This book is in the public domain. How this book can work miracles in your life I have seen miracles happen to men and women in all walks of life, all over the world. Miracles will happen to you too when you begin using the magic power of your subconscious mind. This book is designed to teach you that your habitual thinking and imagery mold, fashion, and create your destiny. For as a man thinketh in his subconscious mind, so is he. Do you know the answers? Why is one person sad and another person happy? Why is one person joyous and prosperous and another person poor and miserable? Why is one person fearful and anxious and another full of faith and confidence? Why does one person have a beautiful, luxurious home while another person lives out a meager existence in a slum? Why is one person a great success and another an abject failure? Why is one speaker outstanding and immensely popular and another mediocre and unpopular? Why is one person a genius in her work or profession, while another toils and moils all his life without doing or accomplishing anything worthwhile? Why is one person healed of a so-called incurable disease, and another isn't? Why is it so many good, kind, and spiritual people suffer the tortures of the damned in their minds and bodies? Why is it many immoral and irreligious people succeed and prosper and enjoy radiant health? Why is one person happily married and another very unhappy and frustrated? Is there an answer to these questions in the workings of your conscious and subconscious minds? There most certainly is. My reason for writing this book. What motivated me to write this book was a deep desire to share with others the answers I have discovered to these and many similar questions. I have tried to explain the great fundamental truths of your mind in the simplest language possible. I believe that it is perfectly possible to explain the basic and fundamental laws of life and of your mind in ordinary, everyday language. You will find the language of this book is that used in your daily papers and current periodicals, in your business offices, in your home, and in the daily workplace.
I urge you to study this book and apply the techniques it outlines. As you do, I am absolutely convinced that you will lay hold of a miracle working power that will lift you from confusion, misery, melancholy, and failure. It will guide you to your true place, solve your difficulties, sever you from emotional and physical bondage, and place you on the royal road to freedom, happiness, and peace of mind. This miracle-working power of your subconscious mind can heal you of your sickness, make you vital and strong again. In learning how to use your inner powers, you will open the prison door of fear and enter into a life described by Paul as the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Releasing the Miracle-Working Power A personal healing will always be the most convincing evidence of our subconscious powers. Many years ago, I managed to cure myself of a malignancy. In medical terminology, it is called a sarcoma. By using the healing powers of my subconscious mind, which created me and still maintains and governs all of my vital functions. The technique I applied is explained in detail in this book. I feel sure that it will help others to trust the same infinite healing presence lodged in the subconscious depths of all of us. Thanks to the kindly advice of an elderly doctor friend, I suddenly realized that it is natural to assume that the creative intelligence that made all my organs, fashioned my body, and started my heart can heal its own handiwork. The ancient proverb says, the doctor dresses the wound and God heals it. Wonders happen when you pray effectively. Scientific prayer is the harmonious interaction of the conscious and subconscious levels of mind, scientifically directed toward a specific purpose. This book will teach you the scientific way to tap the realm of infinite power within you, enabling you to get what you really want in life. You desire a happier, fuller, and richer life. Begin to use this miracle-working power and smooth your way in daily affairs, solve business problems, and bring harmony in family relationships. Be sure that you read this book several times. The many chapters will show you how this wonderful power works and how you can draw out the hidden inspiration and wisdom that is within you. Learn the simple techniques of impressing the subconscious mind. Follow the new scientific way in tapping the infinite storehouse. Read this book carefully, earnestly, and lovingly. Prove to yourself the amazing way it can help you. It may be, and I believe it will be, the turning point in your life. Everybody prays. Do you know how to pray effectively? How long is it since you prayed as part of your everyday activity? In an emergency, in times of danger or trouble, in illness, and when death lurks, prayers pour forth. Just follow the daily news. 
There are reports that people all over the country are praying for a child stricken with a so-called incurable ailment, for peace amongst nations, for a group of miners trapped in a flooded mine. Later, we hear that when rescued, the miners say they prayed while waiting for a rescue. Certainly, prayer is an ever-present help in times of trouble. But why should you wait for trouble to make prayer an integral and constructive part of your life? The dramatic answers to prayer make headlines and are the subject of testimonies to the effectiveness of prayer. But what of the many humble prayers of children, the simple thanksgiving of grace at the daily table, the faithful devotions wherein the individual seeks only communion with God. My work with people has led me to study the various approaches to prayer. I have experienced the power of prayer in my own life, and I have talked and worked with many others who have benefited greatly from the help of prayer. The problem usually is how to tell someone else how to pray. People who are in trouble have difficulty in thinking and acting reasonably. Their problems overwhelm them and block their ability to listen and understand. They need an easy formula to follow, and obviously a workable pattern that is simple and specific. Unique Features of This Book The unique features of this book is its down-to-earth practicality. Here you will find simple, usable techniques and formulas that you can easily apply in your everyday life. I have taught these simple processes to men and women all over the world. The special features of this book will appeal to you because they explain why you often get the opposite of what you prayed for. Thousands of times, people in all parts of the world have asked me, why is it I have prayed and prayed and got no answer. In this book, you will find the reasons for this common complaint. The explanation of the many ways of impressing the subconscious mind and getting the right answers make this an extraordinarily valuable book and an ever-present help in times of trouble. What do you believe? Contrary to what people think, it is not the thing that is believed in that brings an answer to a person's prayer. Prayers are answered when the individual's subconscious mind responds to the mental picture or thought in his or her mind. This law of belief is the secret operating principle in all the religions of the world. It is the hidden reason for their psychological truth. The Buddhist, the Christian, the Muslim, and the Jew may all get answers to their prayers, in spite of the enormous differences amongst their beliefs. How can this be? The answer is that it is not because of the particular creed, religion, affiliation, ritual, ceremony, formula, liturgy, incantation, sacrifices, or offerings, but solely because of belief or mental acceptance and receptivity about that for which they pray. The law of life is the law of belief. Belief can be summed up briefly as a thought in your mind. 
As a person thinks, feels, and believes, so is the condition of his or her mind, body, and circumstances. A technique, a methodology based on an understanding of what you are doing and why you are doing it will help you to bring about a subconscious embodiment of all the good things of life. Essentially, answered prayer is the realization of your heart's desire. Desire is prayer. Everyone desires health, happiness, security, peace of mind, and true expression. But how many of us achieve all these goals? A university professor admitted to me recently, I know that if I change my mental pattern and redirect my emotional life, my heart condition will improve. I know that. The problem is, I do not have any technique, process, or modus operandi. My mind wanders back and forth on my many problems, and I feel frustrated, unhappy, and defeated. This professor had the desire for perfect health. When he, what he needed was a knowledge of the way his mind worked. It was this that would enable him to fulfill his desire. By practicing the healing methods outlined in this book, he became whole and perfect. There is one mind common to all individuals. The miracle working powers of your subconscious mind existed before you and I were born, before any church or world existed. The great eternal truths and principles of life antedate all religions. It is with these thoughts in mind that I urge you in the following chapters to lay hold of this wonderful, magical, transforming power. It will bind up mental and physical wounds, proclaim liberty to the fear-ridden mind, and liberate you completely from the limitations of poverty, failure, misery, lack, and frustration. All you have to do is unite mentally and emotionally with the good you wish to embody. The creative powers of your subconscious will respond accordingly. Begin now, today. Let wonders happen in your life. Keep on keeping on until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. Chapter 1. The Treasure House Within You you have infinite riches within your reach. To gain them, all you have to do is open your mental eyes and behold the treasure house of infinity within you. There is a storehouse within you from which you can extract everything you need to live life gloriously, joyously, and abundantly. Many people are dozed off to their own potential because they do not know about this storehouse of infinite intelligence and boundless love within themselves. Whatever you want, you can draw it forth. A magnetized piece of iron will lift about 12 times its own weight, but if you demagnetize this same piece of iron, it will not lift a feather. In the same way, there are two types of people. Those who are magnetized are full of confidence and faith. They know they are born to succeed and to win. Others 
so many others are demagnetized. They are full of fears and doubts. When an opportunity comes, they say, what if I fail? I might lose my money. People will laugh at me. People of this sort will not get very far in life. Their fear to go forward makes them simply stay where they are. You can become a magnetized person when you discover and put to use the master secret of the ages. The master secret of the ages. Suppose someone asked you to name the master secret of the ages. What would you answer? Atomic energy, interplanetary travel, black holes? No, it is not any of these. Then what is the master secret? Where can you find it? How can it be understood and put into action? The answer is extraordinarily simple. The secret is the marvelous miracle-working power found in your own subconscious mind. This is the last place most people will look for it, which is the reason so few ever find it. The Marvelous Power of Your Subconscious Once you learn to contact and release the hidden powers of your subconscious mind, you can bring into your life more power, more wealth, more health, more happiness, and more joy. You do not need to acquire this power. You already possess it, but you will have to learn how to use it. You must understand it so that you can apply it in all departments of your life. If you follow the simple techniques and processes explained in this book, you can gain the necessary knowledge and understanding. You can be inspired by a new light and you can generate a new force that enables you to realize your hopes and make all your dreams come true. Decide now to make your life grander, greater, richer, and nobler than ever before. Within your subconscious depths lie infinite wisdom, infinite power, and an infinite supply of all that is necessary. It is waiting. It is waiting there for you to give it development and expression. If you begin now to recognize these potentialities of your deeper mind, they will take form in the world without. Provided you are open-minded and receptive, the infinite intelligence within your subconscious mind can reveal to you everything you need to know at every moment of time and point of space. You can receive new thoughts and ideas, bring forth new inventions, make new discoveries, create new works of art. The infinite intelligence in your subconscious can give you access to wonderful new kinds of knowledge. Let it reveal itself to you and it will open the way to perfect expression and true place in your life. Through the wisdom of your subconscious mind, you can attract the ideal companion as well as the right business associate or partner. It can show you how to get all the money you need and give you financial freedom to be, do, and go as your heart desires. It is your right 
to discover the inner world of thought, feeling, and power of light, love, and beauty. Though invisible, its force is mighty. Within your subconscious mind, you will find the solution for every problem and the cause for every effect. Once you learn to draw out these hidden powers, you can come into actual possession of the power and wisdom necessary to move forward in abundance, security, joy, and dominion. I have seen the power of the subconscious lift people up out of crippled states, making them whole, vital, and strong once more. Their minds made them free to go out into the world to experience happiness, health, and joyous expression. There is a miraculous curative force in your subconscious that can heal the troubled mind and the broken heart. It can open the prison door of the mind and liberate you. It can free you from all kinds of material and physical bondage. Necessity of a Working Basis If you want to make progress in any field or endeavor, there is an essential first step. You must discover a working basis that is universal in its application. Before you can become skilled in the operation of your subconscious mind, you must understand its principles. Once that is achieved, you can practice its powers knowing the results you will certainly obtain. You can apply these powers for the definite specific purposes and goals you want to accomplish. For many years, I followed the profession of chemist. One of the first things I learned in my early training was that if you combine two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen, the product will be water. Not occasionally, or most of the time, but always. If you take one atom of oxygen and one atom of carbon and combine them, you will produce carbon monoxide, a poisonous gas. But if you add another atom of oxygen, you will get carbon dioxide, a gas that is harmless to animals and vital to plants. These facts are universal and unchangeable. They are what we call principles. The principle of chemistry, physics, and mathematics are no different in their workings from the principles of your subconscious mind. If you want to make use of chemical or physical forces, you must learn the principles of these fields. If you want to make use of the force of your subconscious mind, you must learn its principles. Take the generally acceptable principle, water seeks its own level. This is a universal principle. It applies to water everywhere, at any time, and to all liquids that behave like water. The ancient Egyptians knew this principle. They used it to make the foundations of the Great Pyramids perfectly level. Today, engineers use it when planning everything from an irrigation system to a hydroelectric power station. Or take the principle, matter expands when heated. This is true anywhere, at any time, and under all circumstances. 
If you heat a piece of steel, it will expand. Whether the steel is found in China, England, India, or in an orbiting space station, matter expands when heated. This is universal truth. It is also a universal truth that whatever you impress on your subconscious mind is expressed on the screen of space as condition, experience, and event. Your prayer is answered because your subconscious mind is principle. And by principle, I mean the way a thing works. For example, an important principle of electricity is that it works from a higher to a lower potential. You do not change the principle of electricity when you turn on a lamp or cook on an electric stove. No, you use the principle. By cooperating with nature, you can bring forth marvelous inventions and discoveries that bless humanity in countless ways. Your subconscious mind is principle. It works according to the law of belief. You must know what belief is, why it works, and how it works. Your Bible says in a simple, clear, and beautiful way, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Mark 11.23 The law of your mind is the law of belief. This means to believe in the way your mind works, to believe in belief itself. The belief of your mind is the thought of your mind. Just that, nothing else. All your experiences, events, conditions, and acts are produced by your subconscious mind in reaction to your thoughts. Remember, it is not the thing believed in, but the belief in your own mind that brings about the results. Stop accepting the false beliefs, opinions, superstitions, and fears that plague our mankind. Begin to believe in the eternal varieties and truths of life that never change. At that point, you will move onward, upward, and Godward. All those who read this book and faithfully apply the principles of the subconscious mind that are set forth here will gain the ability to pray scientifically and effectively for themselves and for others. Your prayer is answered according to the universal law of action and reaction. Thought is insipid action. The reaction is the response from your subconscious mind that corresponds to the nature of your thought. Fill your mind with the concepts of harmony, health, peace, and goodwill, and wonders will happen in your life. The duality of mind. You have only one mind, but that one mind possesses two distinct and characteristic functional parts. The frontier that separates the two is well known to students of the mind. The two functions of your mind are essentially different from each other. 
each has its own separate and distinct attributes and powers. Many names have been used to distinguish the two functions of the mind. These include the objective and the subjective mind, the conscious and the subconscious mind, the waking and the sleeping mind, the surface and the deep self, the voluntary and the involuntary mind, the male and the female mind, and many others. All of these, whatever their implications, are recognitions of this essential duality. Throughout this book, I use the terms conscious and subconscious to represent the dual nature of your mind. If another set of terms comes more easily to you, by all means, use it. The important starting point here is to recognize and acknowledge the double nature of your mind. The Conscious and the Subconscious Mind A wonderful way to begin getting to know the two functions of your mind is to think of it as a garden. You are the gardener. You are planting seeds of thought in your subconscious mind all day long. Much of the time, you are not even aware of doing so because the seeds are based on your habitual thinking. As you sow in your subconscious mind, so shall you reap in your body and environment. Imagine your subconscious mind as a bed of rich soil that will help all kinds of seeds to sprout and flourish, whether good or bad. If you sow thorns, will you gather grapes? If you sow thistles, will you harvest figs? Every thought is a cause and every condition is an effect. This is the reason it is so essential that you take charge of your thoughts. In that way, you can bring forth only desirable conditions. Begin now to sow thoughts of peace, happiness, right action, goodwill, and prosperity. Think quietly and with conviction on these qualities. Accept them fully in your conscious reasoning mind. Continue to plant these wonderful seeds of thoughts in the garden of your mind, and you will reap a glorious harvest. When your mind thinks correctly, when you understand the truth, when the thoughts deposited in your subconscious mind are constructive, harmonious, and peaceful, the magic working power of your subconscious will respond. It will bring about harmonious conditions, agreeable surroundings, and the best of everything. Once you begin to control your thought process, you can apply the powers of your subconscious to any problem or difficulty. You will actually be consciously cooperating with the infinite power and omnipotent law that governs all things. Look around you. Wherever you live, whatever circle of society you are part of, you will notice that the vast majority of people live in the world without. Those who are more enlightened, however, are intensely involved with the world within. They realize, as you will too, that the world within creates the world without. Your thoughts, feelings, and visualized imagery are the organizing principles of your experience. The world within is the only creative power. Everything you find in your world of expression 
has been created by you in the inner world of your mind, whether consciously or unconsciously. Once you learn the truth about the interaction of your conscious and subconscious minds, you will be able to transform your whole life. If you want to change external conditions, you must change the cause. Most people try to change conditions and circumstances by working on those conditions and circumstances. This is a terrible waste of time and effort. They fail to see that their conditions flow from a cause. To remove discord, confusion, lack, and limitation from your life, you must remove the cause. The cause is the way you use your conscious mind, the thoughts and images you encourage in it. Change the cause and you change the effect. It is just that simple. We all live in an unfathomable sea of infinite riches. Your subconscious is very sensitive to your conscious thoughts. Those conscious thoughts form the matrix through which the infinite intelligence, wisdom, vital forces, and energies of your subconscious flow. Shape that matrix in a more positive direction and you direct and redirect those infinite in in energies to your greater benefit. Each chapter of this book gives concrete, specific illustrations of how to apply the laws of the mind. Once you learn to use these techniques, you will experience abundance instead of poverty, wisdom instead of superstition and ignorance, peace instead of inner strife, success instead of failure, joy instead of sadness, light instead of darkness, harmony instead of discord, faith and confidence instead of fear. Could there be any more wonderful set of blessings than these? Most of the great scientists, artists, poets, singers, writers, and inventors have had a deep understanding of the workings of the conscious and subconscious minds. It was this that gave them the power to accomplish their goals. Once, Enrico Caruso, the great operatic tenor, was struck with a stage fright. Spasms caused by intense fear constricted the muscles of his throat. His vocal cords felt paralyzed, useless. He stood backstage, already in costume, while in perspiration poured down his face. In just moments, he was supposed to go out on the stage and sing before an eager audience of thousands. Trembling, he said, I can't sing. They will all laugh at me. My career is finished. He turned to go back to his dressing room, and then suddenly he stopped and shouted, The little me is trying to strangle the big me within. He turned toward the stage again and stood taller. Get out of here, he commanded, addressing the little me. The big me wants to sing through me. By the big me, Caruso meant the limitless power and wisdom of his subconscious mind. He began to shout, get out, get out. The big me is going to sing. His subconscious mind responded by releasing the vital forces within him. 
When the call came, he walked out on stage and sang gloriously and majestically. The audience was enthralled. From what you have already learned, you can see that Caruso understood the two levels of mind, the conscious or rational and the subconscious or irrational level. Your subconscious mind is reactive. It responds to the nature of your thoughts. When your conscious mind, Caruso's little me, is full of fear, worry, and anxiety, the negative emotions these create in your subconscious mind, the big me, are released. They flood the conscious mind with a sense of panic, foreboding, and despair. When this happens to you, you can follow the example of the great Caruso. You can speak affirmatively and with a deep sense of authority to the irrational, emotional generated in your deeper mind. You can say, be still, be quiet. I am in control. You must obey me. You are subject to my command. You cannot intrude where you do not belong. You will be fascinated to see what happens when you speak authoritatively and with conviction to the irrational movement of your deeper self. Your mind will be flooded with harmony and with peace. The subconscious is subject to the conscious mind. That is why it is called subconscious or subjective. Outstanding Differences and Modes of Operation The conscious mind is like the navigator or captain at the bridge of a ship. He directs the ship. He sends orders to men and women in the engine room. They, in turn, control the boilers, instruments, gauges, and so on. The people in the engine room do not know where they are going. They follow orders. They would go on the rocks if a man on the bridge issued faulty or wrong instructions based on his findings with the compass, sextant, and other instruments. The people in the engine room obey him because he is in charge, because he is supposed to know what he is doing. The members of the crew do not talk back to the captain. They simply carry out his orders. The captain is the master of his ship and his decrees are carried out. In the same way, your conscious mind is the captain and the master of your ship, your body, your environment, and all of your affairs. Your subconscious mind takes the orders you give it based upon what your conscious mind believes and accepts as true. It does not question the orders or the basis on which they are given. If you repeatedly say to yourself, I can't afford it, your subconscious mind takes you at your word. It sees to it that you will not be in a position to buy what you want. As long as you go on saying, I can't afford that car, that vacation, that home, you can be sure your subconscious mind will follow your orders. You will go through life experiencing the lack of all these things, and you will believe that circumstances made it so. It will not occur to you 
that you have created those circumstances yourself by your own negative denying thoughts. Last Christmas Eve, a young woman named Nina W., who is a student at the University of Southern California, strolled through an exclusive shopping area in Beverly Hills. Her mind was filled with anticipation. She was about to spend the holidays with her family in Buffalo, New York. As Nina passed a shop window, a beautiful Spanish leather shoulder bag caught her eye. She looked at it yearningly. Then she noticed the price tag and gasped. She was about to say to herself, I could never afford such an expensive bag. Then she remembered something she had heard me say at one of my lectures. Never finish a negative statement. Reverse it immediately, and wonders will happen in your life. Staring through the glass, she said, That bag is mine. It is for sale. I accept it mentally, and my subconscious sees to it that I receive it. Later that day, Nina met her fiancé for a send-off dinner. He arrived with an elegantly wrapped gift under his arm. Holding her breath, she unwrapped it. There was the identical leather shoulder bag she had looked at and identified as her own that same morning. She had filled her mind with the thought of expectancy. Then she had turned the matter over to her deeper mind, which has the power of accomplishment. Later, Nina told me, I didn't have the money to buy that bag, yet now it is mine. I have learned where to find money and all the things I need, and that is in the treasure house of eternity within me. How Her Subconscious Responded A few months ago, I received a letter from a woman named Ruth A., who had attended my lectures. She wrote, I am 75 years old, a widow with a grown family. I am living alone on a small pension and social security. My life seemed barren and hopeless. Then I remembered your lecture about the power of the subconscious mind. You said the ideas could be conveyed to the subconscious mind by repetition, fate, and expectancy. Could it be true? I decided to try. I had nothing to lose. I began to repeat frequently with all the feeling I could muster. I am wanted, I am loved, I am happily married to a kind, loving, and spiritual-minded man. I am secure and fulfilled. I kept on doing this many times a day for about two weeks. One day at the corner drugstore, I was introduced to a retired pharmacist. I found him to be kind, understanding, and very spiritual. He was a perfect answer to my prayer. Within a week, he proposed to me. Now we are on our honeymoon in Europe. I know that the intelligence within my subconscious mind brought both of us together in divine order. Ruth discovered that the treasure house was within her. Her prayer was felt as true in her heart, and her affirmation sank down by osmosis into the subconscious mind, which is the creative mind. The moment she succeeded in bringing about a subjective embodiment, her subconscious mind brought about the answer through the law of attraction. 
her deeper mind, full of wisdom and intelligence, brought her and her new husband together in divine order. Ideas Worth Remembering The treasure house is within you. Look within for the answers to your heart's desires. The great secret possessed by the great men of all ages was their ability to contact and release the powers of their subconscious mind. You can do the same. Your subconscious has the answer to all problems if you suggest to your subconscious prior to sleep, I want to get up at 6 a.m., it will awaken you at that exact time. Your subconscious mind is the builder of your body and can heal you. Lull yourself to sleep every night with the idea of perfect health and your subconscious, being your faithful servant, will obey you. Every thought is a cause and every condition is an effect. If you want to write a book, write a wonderful play, give a better talk to your audience, convey the idea lovingly and feelingly to your subconscious mind, and it will respond accordingly. You are like a captain navigating a ship. He or she must give the right orders or the ship is wrecked. In the same way, you must give the right orders, thoughts, and images to your subconscious mind, which controls and governs all your experiences. Never use such expressions as, I can't afford it, or I can't do this. Your subconscious mind takes you at your word. It sees to it that you do not have the money or the ability to do what you want to do. Affirm, I can do all things through the power of my subconscious mind. The law of life is the law of belief. A belief is a thought in your mind. Do not believe in things that will harm or hurt you. Believe in the power of your subconscious to heal, inspire, strengthen, and prosper you according to your belief. It is done unto you. Change your thoughts and you change your destiny. Chapter 2. How Your Mind Works Your mind is your most precious possession. It is always with you, but its most amazing powers will be yours only when you have learned how to use it. As we have seen, there are two levels to your mind, the conscious or rational level and the subconscious or irrational level. You think with your conscious mind, and whatever you habitually think sinks down into your subconscious mind, which then creates according to the nature of your thoughts. Your subconscious mind is the seat of your emotions. It is the creative mind. If you think good, good will follow. If you think evil, evil will follow. This is the way your mind works. The most important point to remember is this. Once the subconscious mind accepts an idea, it begins to execute it. It is an astonishing and subtle truth that the law of your subconscious mind works for good and bad ideas alike.
This law, when applied in a negative way, is the cause of failure, frustration, and unhappiness. When your habitual thinking is harmonious and constructive, however, you experience perfect health, success, and prosperity. Peace of mind and a healthy body are inevitable once you begin to think and feel in the right way. Whenever you claim mentally and feel as true, your subconscious mind will accept and bring forth into your experience. All you have to do is get your subconscious mind to accept your idea. Once that happens, the law of your subconscious mind will bring forth the health, peace, and prosperity you desire. You give the command or decree, and your subconscious will faithfully reproduce the idea impressed upon it. The law of your mind is this. The reaction or response you get from your subconscious mind will be determined by the nature of the thought or idea you hold in your conscious mind. Psychologists and psychiatrists point out that when thoughts are conveyed to your subconscious mind, impressions are made in the brain cells. As soon as your subconscious accepts any idea, it proceeds to put it into effect immediately. Working by association of ideas, it uses every bit of knowledge that you have gathered in your lifetime to bring about its purpose. It draws on the infinite power, energy, and wisdom within you. It lines up all the laws of nature to get its way. Sometimes it seems to bring about an immediate solution to your difficulties, but at other times it may take days, weeks, or longer. Its ways are past finding out. The Differences Between Conscious and Subconscious You must remember that the conscious and subconscious are not two minds. They are merely two spheres of activity within one mind. Your conscious mind is the reasoning mind. It is that phase of mind that chooses. For example, you choose your books, your home, and your partner in life. You make all your decisions with your conscious mind. On the other hand, without any conscious choice on your part, your heart is kept functioning automatically and the vital functions of digestion, circulation, and breathing are carried on by your subconscious mind through processes independent of your conscious control. Your subconscious mind accepts what is impressed upon it or what you consciously believe. It does not reason things out as your conscious mind does, and it does not argue with you controversially. Your subconscious mind is like a bed of soil that accepts any kind of seed, good or bad. Your thoughts are active. They are the seeds. Negative, destructive thoughts continue to work negatively in your subconscious mind. Sooner or later, they will emerge and take shape as an outer experience that corresponds to their content. Remember, your subconscious mind does not engage in proving whether your thoughts are good or bad. 
true or false. It responds according to the nature of your thoughts or suggestions. For example, if you consciously assume that someone is true or something is true, even though it may be false, your subconscious mind will accept it as true and proceed to bring about results that must necessarily follow because you consciously assumed it to be true. Experiments by Psychologists Psychologists and others have performed countless experiments on people who are in a hypnotic trance. The research shows clearly that the subconscious mind does not make the selections and comparisons that are necessary for a reasoning process. Your subconscious mind will accept any suggestions, however false. Having once accepted any suggestion, it responds according to the nature of the suggestion given. To illustrate how suggestible your subconscious mind is, if a practiced hypnotist suggests to one of her subjects that she is Napoleon Bonaparte or even a cat or a dog, the subject will act out the plan with imitable accuracies. Her personality becomes changed for the time being. She believes herself to be whatever the operator tells her she is. A skilled hypnotist may suggest to one of his students in the hypnotic state that her back itches, to another that his nose is bleeding, to another that she is a marble statue, to another that she is freezing and the temperature is below zero. Each one will follow out that line of his particular suggestion, totally oblivious to all those surrounding that do not pertain to the hypnotic suggestion. These simple illustrations portray the difference between your conscious reasoning mind and your subconscious mind, which is impersonal, non-selective, and accepts as true whatever your conscious mind believes to be true. Hence, the importance of selecting thoughts, ideas, and premises that bless, heal, inspire, and fill your soul with joy. The terms objective and subjective mind clarified. Your conscious mind is sometimes referred to as your objective mind because it deals with outward objects. The objective mind is aware of the objective world. Its media of observation are your five physical senses. Your objective mind is your guide and director in your contact with your environment. You gain knowledge through your five senses. Your objective mind learns through observation, experience, and education. As previously pointed out, the greatest function of the objective mind is that of reasoning. Suppose you are one of the hundreds of thousands of tourists who visit the Grand Canyon every year. You would come to the conclusion that it is one of the world's most amazing natural wonders. This conclusion would be based on your observation of its incredible depth, the complex shaping of the rock formations, the beautiful play of colors among the different geological strata. This is the working of your objective mind. 
Your subconscious mind is often referred to as your subjective mind. Your subjective mind is aware of its environment, but not by means of the physical senses. Your subjective mind perceives by intuition. It is the seat of your emotions and the storehouse of memory. Your subjective mind performs its highest functions when your objective senses are not functioning. In other words, it is that intelligence that makes itself known when the objective mind is suspended or in a sleepy, drowsy state. Your subjective mind sees without the use of the natural organs of vision. It has the capacity of clairvoyance and clairaudience. It can see and hear events that are taking place elsewhere. Your subjective mind can leave your body, travel to distant lands, and bring back information that is often of the most exact and truthful in character. Through your subjective mind, you can read the thoughts of others, read the contents of sealed envelopes, or of closed books and newspapers. Once we understand the interaction of the objective and subjective minds, we are in a better position to learn the true art of prayer. The subconscious cannot reason like your conscious mind. Your subconscious mind does not have the ability to argue or dispute what, is, what it is being told. If you give it wrong information, it will accept it as true. It will then work to make that information correct. It will bring your suggestions, even those that were false, to pass as conditions, experiences, and events. Everything that has happened to you happened because of thoughts impressed on your subconscious mind through belief. If you have communicated wrong or distorted concepts to your subconscious mind, it is of the most urgent importance to correct them. The sure way to do this is by repeatedly giving your subconscious mind constructive, harmonious thoughts. As these are frequently repeated, your subconscious mind accepts them. In this way, you can form new, healthier habits of thought and life. For your subconscious mind is the seat of habit. The habitual thinking of your conscious mind establishes deep grooves in your subconscious mind. If your habitual thoughts are harmonious, peaceful, and constructive, your subconscious mind will respond by creating harmony, peace, and constructive conditions. Have you fallen prey to fear, worry, and other destructive forms of thinking? The remedy is to recognize the power of your subconscious mind and decree freedom, happiness, and perfect health. Your subconscious mind, being creative and one with your divine source, will then start to create the freedom and happiness you have earnestly decreed. The Tremendous Power of Suggestion as you can see by what we have already discussed, your conscious mind serves as the watchman at the gate. One of its most crucial functions is to protect your subconscious mind from false impressions. 
The reason this is so important goes back to one of the basic laws of mind. This, your subconscious mind is very sensitive to suggestion. As you know, your subconscious mind does not make comparisons or contrasts. It doesn't reason and think things out for itself. This latter function belongs to your conscious mind. Note, your subconscious mind simply reacts to the impressions given it by your conscious mind. It does not pick and choose among different courses of action. It merely takes what it is given. Suggestion is a tremendously powerful force. Imagine that you are on board of a ship that is rocking a bit from side to side. You approach a timid-looking fellow passenger and say, Gee, you don't look so hot. Your face is practically green. I'm afraid you're going to be seasick. Can I help you to your cabin? The passenger turns pale. The suggestion you have just made about seasickness links up with her own fears and forebodings. She lets you escort her down below deck. Once she is there, your negative suggestion, which she accepted, comes true. Different reactions to the same suggestion. It is important to realize that different people will react in different ways to the same suggestion. This is because they have different subconscious conditioning or beliefs. Suppose instead of choosing a fellow passenger on the ship, you go up to a member of the crew. You say, hey buddy, you don't look so great. Do you think you're about to be seasick? Depending on the sailor's temperament, he either laughs at your feeble joke or tells you to get lost. Your suggestion had no power over him because the idea of seasickness was associated in his mind with his own immunity from it. Therefore, it called up not fear or worry, but self-confidence. A dictionary will tell you that a suggestion is the act or instance of putting something into one's mind. It is the mental process by which the thought or idea that has been suggested is entertained, accepted, or put into effect. Remember, a suggestion cannot impose itself on the subconscious mind against the will of the conscious mind. Your conscious mind has the power to reject the suggestion. The sailor had no fear of seasickness. He had convinced himself of his immunity. So the negative suggestion had no power to evoke fear. But your fellow passenger was already worried about becoming sick. Therefore, your suggestion had power over her. All of us have our own inner fears, beliefs, and opinions. These inner assumptions rule and govern our lives. A suggestion has no power in and of itself. Its power arises from the fact that you accept it mentally. Only at that point do your subconscious powers begin to act according to the nature of the suggestion. How He Lost His Arm For many years, I gave a regular series of lectures at the London Truth Forum in Caxton Hall, which I founded a number of years ago. 
Dr. Evelyn Fleet, the director, told me about a man whose young daughter suffered from both crippling rheumatoid arthritis and the disfiguring and painful skin condition called psoriasis. They tried many treatments, but nothing the doctors did seemed to help. The man was near despair. Over and over again, he said to himself and to his friends, I would give my right arm to see my daughter cured. According to Dr. Fleet, one day the family was out for a drive. Their car was involved in a head-on collision. The father's right arm was torn off at the shoulder. When he came home from the hospital, he discovered that his daughter's arthritis and skin condition had vanished. You must be very careful to give your subconscious only those suggestions that heal, bless, elevate, and inspire you in all your ways. Remember, your subconscious mind doesn't understand a joke. It takes you at your word. How Auto-Suggestion Banishes Fear The term auto-suggestion means suggesting something definite and specific to oneself. Like any tool wrongly used, it can cause harm, but used properly, it can be extremely helpful. Janet R. was a talented young singer. She was invited to try out for an important role in an opera production. She desperately wanted to audition, but she was also terribly apprehensive. Three times before, when she had sung for directors, she had failed miserably. The reason was fear of failure. She had a wonderful voice, but she had been saying to herself, when the time comes for me to sing, I'll sound awful. I'll never get the role. They won't like me. They'll wonder how I have the nerve to even try out. I'll go, but I know it'll be a failure. Her subconscious mind accepted these negative auto-suggestions as a request. It proceeded to manifest them and bring them into her experience. The cause was an involuntary auto-suggestion. Her fears had become emotionalized and subjectified thoughts that in turn became her reality. This young singer was able to overcome the force of her negative auto-suggestions. She accomplished this by countering them with positive auto-suggestion. What she did was this. Three times a day, she went alone into a quiet room. She sat down comfortably in an armchair, relaxed her body, and closed her eyes. She stilled her mind and body as best she could. Physical inertia favors mental passivity and renders the mind more receptive to suggestion. To counteract the fear suggestion, she repeated to herself, I sing beautifully. I am poised, serene, confident, and calm. At each sitting, she repeated this statement slowly, quietly, and with feeling from five to ten times. She had three such sittings during the day and one immediately before going to sleep. After one week, she was completely poised and confident. When the fateful day came, she gave a wonderful audition 
and was cast in the part. How She Restored Her Memory A woman of 75 had always been proud of her ability to remember. Like everyone, she forgot things now and then, but she paid no attention. However, as she got older, she began to notice these occasions and worried about them. Each time she forgot something, she'd say to herself, I must be losing my memory because of my age. As a result of this negative auto-suggestion, more and more names and events slipped her mind. She was close to despair. Then, fortunately, she realized how she was damaging herself. She resolved to reverse the process. Every time she felt the temptation to think, I am losing my memory, she stopped herself. More than that, she deliberately reversed the procedure. Several times a day, she practiced induced positive auto-suggestion. She said to herself, From today onward, my memory is improving in every way. I will always remember whatever I need to know at every moment of time and point of space. The impressions I receive will be clear and definite. I will retain them automatically and easily. Whatever I want to recall will immediately present itself in the correct form in my mind. I am improving rapidly every day. Very soon, my memory will be better than it has ever been before. At the end of three weeks, her memory was back to normal. How he overcame a nasty temper. I was consulted by a man whose marriage and career were both in serious trouble. Hugh D.'s problem was his constant irritability and bad temper. He was concerned about this himself, but if anyone tried to discuss it with him, he exploded in anger. He constantly told himself that everyone was picking on him and that he had to defend himself against them. To counter this negative auto-suggestion, I advised him to use positive auto-suggestion. Several times a day, morning, noon, and at night prior to sleep, he was to repeat to himself, from now on, I shall grow more good-humored. Joy, happiness, and cheerfulness are now becoming my normal states of mind. Every day, I am becoming more and more lovable and understanding. I will be a center of cheer and goodwill to all those around me, infecting them with my good spirits. This happy, joyous, and cheerful mood is now becoming my normal, natural state of mind. I am grateful. After one month, his wife and his co-workers remarked on how much easier he was to get along with. Some comments on heterosuggestion. The term heterosuggestion means suggestions from another person. In all ages and in every part of the world, the power of suggestion has played a dominant part in the life and thought of humankind. Political creeds, religious beliefs, and cultural custom all flourish and perpetuate themselves through the power of heterosuggestion. Suggestion can be used as a tool to discipline and control ourselves. However, 
It can also be used to take control and command over others who have not been taught to understand the laws of the mind. In its constructive form, it is wonderful and magnificent. In its negative aspects, it is one of the most destructive of all the response patterns of the mind. Its results can be enduring patterns of misery, failure, suffering, sickness, and disaster. Have you accepted any of these? From the day we are born, we are bombarded with negative suggestions. Not knowing how to counter them, we unconsciously accept them and bring them into being as our experience. Here are some examples of negative suggestions. You can't. You'll never amount to anything. You mustn't. You'll fail. You haven't got a chance. You're all wrong. It's no use. It's not what you know, it's who you know. What's the use? Nobody cares. There's no point to trying hard. You're too old now. Things are getting worse and worse. Life is an endless grind. You just can't win. Watch out. You'll catch a terrible disease. By accepting heterosuggestions of this kind, you collaborate in bringing them to pass. As a child, you were helpless when faced with suggestions of others who were important to you. You did not know any better. The mind, both conscious and unconscious, was a mystery you did not even wonder about. As an adult, however, you are able to make choices. You can use constructive auto-suggestion, which is a reconditioning therapy, to change the impressions made on you in the past. The first step is to make yourself aware of the heterosuggestions that are operating on you. Unexamined, they can create behavior patterns that cause failure in your personal and social life. Constructive autosuggestion can release you from the mass of negative verbal conditioning that might otherwise distort your life pattern, making the development of good habits difficult or even impossible. You can counteract negative suggestions. Pick up the paper or turn on the television news. Every day, you hear dozens of stories that could sow the seeds of futility, fear, worry, anxiety, and impending doom. If you accept them and take them in, these thoughts of fear can cause you to lose the will for life. However, once you understand that you do not have to accept them, choices open up for you. You have within you the power to counteract all these destructive ideas by giving your subconscious mind constructive auto-suggestions. Check regularly on the negative suggestions that people make to you. You do not have to be at the mercy of destructive heterosexual heterosuggestion. All of us have suffered from it in our childhood, in our teens, and in our adulthood. If you look back, you can easily recall how parents, friends, relatives, teachers, and associates contributed in a campaign of negative suggestions. Study the things that were said to you. Closely examine their underlying meaning. 
and you will discover that many of them were nothing more than a form of propaganda. Its concealed purpose was, and is, to control you by instilling fear in you. This heterosuggestion process goes on in every home, office, factory, and club. You will find that many of the suggestions people make, whether they know it or not, are aimed at making you think, feel, and act as they want you to, in ways that are to their advantage, even if they are destructive to you. How Suggestion Killed a Man A distant relative of mine went to a celebrated crystal gazer in India and asked the woman to read his future. The seer told him that he had a bad heart. She predicted that he would die at the next new moon. My relative was aghast. He called up everyone in his family and told them about the prediction. He met with his lawyer to make sure his will was up to date. When I tried to talk him out of his conviction, he told me that the crystal gazer was known to have amazing occult powers. He was convinced of the truth of this. As the new moon approached, he became more and more withdrawn. A month before this man had been happy, healthy, vigorous, and robust. Now he was an invalid. On the predicted date, he suffered a fatal heart attack he died not knowing he was the cause of his own death. How many of us have heard similar stories and shivered a little at the thought that the world is full of mysterious, uncontrollable forces? Yes, the world is full of forces, but they are neither mysterious nor uncontrollable. My relative killed himself by allowing a powerful suggestion to enter into his subconscious mind. He believed in the crystal gazer's power, so he accepted her prediction completely. Let us take another look at what happened. Knowing what we do about the way the subconscious mind works. Whatever the conscious, reasoning mind of a person believes, the subconscious mind will accept and act upon. My relative was in a suggestible state when he went to see the fortune teller. She gave him a negative suggestion and he accepted it. He became terrified. He constantly ruminated on his conviction that he was going to die at the next new moon. He told everyone about it and he prepared for his end. It was his own fear and expectation of the end accepted as true by his subconscious mind that brought about his death. The woman who predicted his death had no more power than the stones and sticks in the field. Her suggestion in and of itself had no power to create or bring about the end she suggested. If he had known the laws of his mind, he would have completely rejected the negative suggestion and refused to give her words any attention. He could have gone about the business of living with the secure knowledge that he was governed and controlled by his own thoughts and feelings. The prophecy of the seer would have been like a rubber ball thrown at an armored tank. 
he could have neutralized and dissipated her suggestion with no harm to herself. Instead, through lack of awareness and knowledge, he allowed it to kill him. In themselves, the suggestions of others have no power over you. Whatever power they have, they gain because you give it to them through your own thoughts. You have to give your mental consent. You have to entertain and accept the thought. At that point, it becomes your own thought, and your subconscious works to bring it into experience. Remember, you have the capacity to choose. Choose life. Choose love. Choose help. The Power of an Assumed Major Premise Since the days of ancient Greek, philosophers and logicians have studied the form of reasoning called a syllogism. Your mind reasons in syllogisms. In practical terms, this means that whatever major premise your conscious mind assumes to be true, that determines the conclusion your subconscious mind will come to, no matter what the particular question or problem might be. If your premises are true, the conclusion must be true. For example, every virtue is praiseworthy. Kindness is a virtue. Therefore, kindness is praiseworthy. Or this, all formed things change and pass away. The pyramids of Egypt are formed things. Therefore, the pyramids will change and pass away. The first statement is referred to as the major premise, and the right conclusion must necessarily follow the right premise. A college professor who attended some of my Science of Mind lectures in New York City's town hall came to speak with me afterwards. He told me, Everything in my life is topsy-turvy. I have lost health, wealth, and friends. Everything I touch turns out wrong. I explained to him that his problem followed logically and directly from his self-destructive major premise. To change his life, he had to establish a new major premise in his thinking. He needed to accept as true the conviction that the infinite intelligence of his subconscious mind was guiding, directing, and prospering him spiritually, mentally, and materially. Once he did that, his subconscious mind would automatically direct him wisely in his decisions, heal his body, and restore his mind to peace and tranquility. The professor formulated an overall picture of the way he wanted his life to be. This was his major premise. Infinite intelligence leads and guides me in all my ways. Perfect health is mine, and the law of harmony operates in my mind and body. Beauty, love, peace, and abundance are mine. The principles of right action and divine order govern my entire life. I know my major premise is based on the eternal truths of life, and I know, feel, and believe 
that my subconscious mind responds according to the nature of my conscious mind's thinking. Later, he wrote me the following progress report. I repeated the statements of my major premise slowly, quietly, and lovingly several times a day. I knew that they were sinking deep down into my subconscious mind. I was convinced by the laws of mind that results must follow. I am deeply grateful for the interview you gave me, and I would like to add that all departments of my life are changing for the better. It works. The subconscious does not argue controversially. Your subconscious mind is all-wise. It knows the answers to all questions. However, it does not know that it knows. It does not argue with you or talk back to you. It does not say, you must not impress me with that suggestion. When you say, I can't do this, I am too old now, I can't meet this obligation, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks, I don't know the right politician, you are impregnating your subconscious with negative thoughts. It responds accordingly. You are actually blocking your own good. You are bringing lack, limitation, and frustration into your life. When you set up obstacles, impediments, and delays in your conscious mind, you are denying the wisdom and intelligence resident in your subconscious mind. You are actually saying, in effect, that your subconscious mind cannot solve your problem. This leads to mental and emotional congestion, followed by sickness and neurotic tendencies. To realize your desires and overcome your frustration, affirm boldly several times a day, the infinite intelligence that gave me this desire leads, guides, and reveals to me the perfect plan for the unfolding of my desire. I know the deeper wisdom of my subconscious is now responding, and what I feel and claim within is expressed in the without. There is balance, equilibrium, and equanimity. On the other hand, if you say there is no way out, I am lost, there is no way out of this dilemma, I am stymied and blocked, you will get no answer or response from your subconscious mind. If you want the subconscious to work for you, you have to give it the right request and get its cooperation. It is always working for you. It is controlling your heartbeat and breathing this minute. When you cut your finger, it sets in motion the complex process of healing. Its most fundamental tendency is lifeward. It is forever seeking to take care of you and preserve you. Your subconscious has a mind of its own, but it accepts your patterns of thought and imagery. When you look for the answers to a problem, your subconscious will respond but it expects you to come to a decision and a true judgment in your conscious mind. You must acknowledge that the answer is in your subconscious mind. 
If you say I don't think there is any way out, I am all mixed up and confused, why don't I get an answer? You are neutralizing your prayer. Like the soldier marking time, you use up vital energy, but you do not move forward. Still the wheels of your mind. Relax. Let go. Quietly affirm. My subconscious knows the answer. It is responding to me now. I give thanks because I know the infinite intelligence of my subconscious knows all things and is revealing the perfect answer to me now. My real conviction is now setting free the majesty and glory of my subconscious mind. I rejoice that it is so. Review of Highlights Think good and good follows. Think evil and evil follows. You are what you think all day long. Your subconscious mind does not argue with you. It accepts what your conscious mind decrees. If you say, I can't afford it, your subconscious works to make it true. Select a better thought. Decree, I'll buy it. I accept it in my mind. You have the power to choose health and happiness. You can choose to be friendly or you can choose to be unfriendly. Choose to be cooperative, joyous, friendly, lovable, and the whole world will respond. This is the best way to develop a wonderful personality. Your conscious mind is the watchman at the gate. Its chief function is to protect your subconscious mind from false impressions. Choose to believe that something good can happen and is happening now. Your greatest power is your capacity to choose. Choose happiness and abundance. The suggestions and statements of others have no power to hurt you. The only power is the movement of your own thought. You can choose to reject the thoughts or statements of others and affirm the good. You have the power to choose how you will react. Watch what you say. You have to account for every idle word. Never say, I will fail, I will lose my job, I can't pay the rent. Your subconscious cannot take a joke. It brings all these things to pass. Your mind is not evil. No force of nature is evil. It depends how you use the powers of nature. Use your mind to bless, heal, and inspire all people everywhere. Never say, I can't. Overcome that fear by substituting the following, I can do all things through the power of my own subconscious mind. Begin to think from the standpoint of the eternal truths and principles of life, not from the standpoint of fear, ignorance, and superstition. Do not let others do your thinking for you. Choose your own thoughts and make your own decisions. You are the captain of your soul, your subconscious mind, and the master of your fate. Remember, you have the capacity to choose. Choose life, choose love, choose health, choose happiness.
Whatever your conscious mind assumes and believes to be true, your subconscious mind will accept and bring to pass. Believe in good fortune, divine guidance, right action, and all the blessings of life. Chapter 3. The Miracle-Working Power of Your Subconscious The power of your subconscious is beyond all measure. It inspires you and guides you. It calls up vivid scenes from the storehouse of memory. Your subconscious controls your heartbeat and the circulation of your blood. It regulates your digestion, assimilation, and elimination. When you eat a piece of bread, your subconscious mind transmutes it into tissue, muscle, bone, and blood. These processes are beyond the ken of the wisest person who walks the earth. Your subconscious mind controls all the vital processes and functions of your body. It knows the answer to all your problems. Your subconscious mind never sleeps, never rests. It is always on the job. You can discover the miracle-working power of your subconscious by plainly stating to your subconscious prior to sleep that you want a specific thing accomplished. You will be amazed and delighted to discover that forces within you will be released that lead to the result you wished for. Here is a source of power and wisdom that puts you directly in touch with omnipotence. This is the power that moves the world, guides the planets in their course, and causes the sun to shine. Your subconscious mind is the source of your ideals, aspirations, and altruistic urges. It was through the subconscious mind that Shakespeare perceived and communicated great truths hidden from the average man of his day. It was through the subconscious mind that the Greek sculptor Phidias gained the art and skill to portray beauty, order, symmetry, and proportion in marble and bronze. The subconscious mind is the deep well from which great artists draw their awe-provoking power. It enabled the great Italian artist Raphael to paint his Madonnas and the great German musician Beethoven to compose his symphonies. Some years ago, I was invited to a lecture at the Yoga Forest University in Rishkeshesh, India. While I was there, I had a long conversation with a surgeon who was visiting from Bombay. From him, I learned the astonishing story of Dr. James Esdale. Esdale was a Scottish surgeon who practiced in Bengal during the 1840s. This was before ether or modern methods of chemical anesthesia began to be used. Nevertheless, between 1843 and 1846, Dr. Esdale performed some 400 major surgical operations of all kinds. These included amputations, removal of tumors and cancerous growths, and operations on the eye, ear, and throat. All these operations were performed under mental anesthesia only. Patients said they felt no pain, and none of them died during surgery. 
just as amazing, the mortality rate of Esdale's patients following surgery was extremely low. This was well before Western scientists such as Louis Pasteur and Joseph Lister pointed out the bacterial origin of infection. No one realized that postoperative infections were due to unsterilized instruments and virulent organisms. Nevertheless, when Esdell suggested to his patients who were in a hypnotic state that no infection or septic condition would develop, their subconscious minds responded to his suggestion. They set in motion the processes needed to fight off the life-threatening dangers of infection. Think of it. Over a century and a half ago, this Scottish surgeon, who had gone halfway around the world, discovered how to use the miraculous, wonder-working powers of the subconscious mind. It is enough to cause you to be seized with awe. The transcendental powers that inspired Dr. Esdale and that protected his patients from mortal danger can be yours, too. Your subconscious mind can give you independence of time and space. It can make you free of all pain and suffering. It can give you the answer to all problems, whatever they may be. There is a power and an intelligence within you that far transcends your intellect, causing you to marvel at the wonder of it all. All these experiences cause you to rejoice and believe in the miracle-working powers of your subconscious mind. Your subconscious is your book of life. Whatever thoughts, beliefs, opinions, theories, or dogmas you write, engrave, or impress on your subconscious mind, you will experience them as the objective manifestation of circumstances, conditions, and events. What you write on the inside, you will experience on the outside. You have two sides to your life, objective and subjective, visible and invisible, thought and its manifestation. Your thought is received as a pattern of neural firings in your cerebral cortex, which is the organ of your conscious reasoning mind. Once your conscious or objective mind accepts the thought completely, it is transmitted to the older parts of the brain, where it becomes flesh and is made manifest in your experience. As previously outlined, your subconscious cannot argue. It acts only from what you write on it. It accepts your verdict or the conclusions of your conscious mind as final. This is why you are always writing on the book of life, because your thought becomes your experience. The American philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Man is what he thinks all day long. What is impressed in the subconscious is expressed. William James, the father of American psychology, said the power to move the world is in your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is one with infinite intelligence and boundless wisdom. It is fed by hidden springs and is called the law of life. Whatever you impress upon your subconscious mind, the latter 
will move heaven and earth to bring it to pass. You must, therefore, impress it with right ideas and constructive thoughts. The reason there is so much chaos and misery in the world is that so many people do not understand the interaction of their conscious and subconscious minds. When these two principles are in accord, in concord, in peace, and synchronously together, you will have health, happiness, peace, and joy. There is no sickness or discord when the conscious and subconscious work together harmoniously and peacefully. In the ancient world, Hermes Trismegistus had the reputation of being the greatest, most powerful Magnus the world had ever known. When his tomb was opened, centuries after his passing, those who were in touch with the wisdom of the ancients waited with great expectancy and sense of wonder. It was said that the greatest secrets of the ages would be found within the tomb. And so it was. The secret? As within, so without. As above, so below. In other words, whatever you impress in the subconscious mind that becomes expressed on the screen of space. This same truth was proclaimed by Moses, Isaiah, Jesus, Buddha, Zoroaster, Laotse, and all the illumined seers of the ages. Whatever you feel as true subjectively is expressed as conditions, experiences, and events. Motion and emotion must balance, as in heaven, your own mind, so on earth, in your body and environment. This is the great law of life. You will find throughout all nature the law of action and reaction, of rest and motion. These two must balance. Then there will be harmony and equilibrium. You are here to let the life principle flow through you rhythmically and harmoniously. The intake and the outgo must be equal. The impression and the expression must be equal. All your frustration is due to unfulfilled desire. If you think negatively, destructively, and viciously, these thoughts generate destructive emotions that must be expressed and must find an outlet. These emotions, being of a negative nature, are frequently expressed as ulcers, heart trouble, tension, and anxieties. What is your idea or feeling about yourself now? Every part of your being expresses that idea. Your vitality, body, financial condition, friends, and social status represent a perfect reflection of the idea you have of yourself. This is the real meaning of what is impressed in your subconscious mind and what is expressed in all phases of your life. We injure ourselves by the negative ideas we entertain. How often have you wounded yourself by getting angry, fearful, jealous, or vengeful? These are the poisons that enter your subconscious mind. You were not born with these negative attitudes. 
feed your subconscious mind life-giving thoughts and you will wipe out all the negative patterns lodged within it. As you continue to do this, all the past will be wiped out and remembered no more. The subconscious heals a malignancy of the skin. The most convincing evidence anyone can have of the healing power of the subconscious mind is a personal healing. Over 40 years ago, I developed a malignancy of the skin. I went to the finest doctors who tried the most advanced treatments medical science could offer. None of these helped. The malignancy got progressively worse. Then, one day, a clergyman with a deep store of psychological knowledge told me the inner meaning of the 139th Psalm. He called my attention to the passage that reads, In thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. He explained that the term book meant my subconscious mind, which fashioned and molded all my organs from a tiny original cell. He pointed out that since my subconscious mind had made my body, it could also recreate it and heal it according to the perfect pattern within it. The clergyman pointed to his watch. This had a maker, he told me. But before the watch could become an objective reality, the watchmaker had to have the idea of it clearly in mind. If for some reason the watch stopped working, as it should, the watchmaker's idea of it would give him the knowledge he needed to fix it. I understood what he was trying to tell me by this analogy. The subconscious intelligence that created my body was like the watchmaker. It knew exactly how to heal restore, and direct all the vital functions and processes of my body. But for it to do this properly, I had to give it the perfect idea of health. This would act as cause, and the effect would be a healing. I formulated a very simple and direct prayer. My body and all its organs were created by the infinite intelligence in my subconscious mind. It knows how to heal me. Its wisdom fashioned all my organs, tissues, muscles, and bone. The infinite healing presence within me is now transforming every cell of my being, making me whole and perfect. I give thanks for the healing I know is taking place at this time. Wonderful are the works of the creative intelligence within me. I repeated this simple prayer aloud for about five minutes, two or three times a day. After three months, my skin was whole and perfect. The malignancy had vanished. My doctor was baffled, but I knew what had happened. I had given life-giving patterns of wholeness, beauty, and perfection to my subconscious mind. These forced out the negative images and patterns of thought lodged in my subconscious mind, which were the cause of all my trouble. Nothing appears on your body except when the mental equivalent is first in your mind. 
As you change your mind by drenching it with incessant affirmations, you change your body. This is the basis of all healing. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul, subconscious mind, knoweth right well. Psalm 139, 14. How the subconscious controls all functions of the body. Whether you are awake or asleep, the ceaseless, tireless action of your subconscious mind controls all the vital functions of your body without any need for your conscious mind to intervene. While you are asleep, your heart continues to beat rhythmically, your chest and diaphragm muscles pump air in and out of your lungs, there are the, the carbon dioxide that is the byproduct of the activity of your body's cells is exchanged for the fresh oxygen you need to go on functioning. Your subconscious controls your digestive process and glandular secretions, as well as all the other wondrously complex operations of your body. All this happens whether you are awake or asleep. If you were forced to operate your body's functions with your conscious mind, you would certainly fail. You would probably die a very quick death. The processes are too complicated and too intertwined. The heart-lung machine that is used during open-heart surgery is one of the wonders of modern medical technology. But what it does is infinitely simpler than what your subconscious mind does 24 hours a day, year in, year out. Suppose you were crossing the ocean in a supersonic jetline and you wandered into the cockpit. You certainly would not know how to fly the plane, but you would not find it difficult to distract the pilot and cause a problem. In the same way, your conscious mind cannot operate your body but it can get in the way of proper operation. Worry, anxiety, fear, and depression interfere with the normal functioning of the heart, lungs, stomach, and intestines. The medical community is just beginning to appreciate how serious so-called stress-related diseases are. The reason is that these patterns of thought interfere with the harmonious function of your subconscious mind. When you feel physically and mentally disturbed, the best thing you can do is let go, relax, and still the wheels of your thought process. Speak to your subconscious mind. Tell it to take over in peace, harmony, and divine order. You will find that all functions of your body will become normal again. Be sure to speak to your subconscious mind with authority and conviction. It will respond by carrying out your command. How to get the subconscious to work for you. The first thing to realize is that your subconscious mind is always working. It is active night and day, whether you act upon it or not. Your subconscious is the builder of your body, but you cannot consciously perceive or hear that inner silent process. Your business is with your conscious mind and not your subconscious mind. Just keep your conscious mind busy with the expectation of the best and make sure the thoughts you habitually think are based on things that are lovely, true, just, 
and harmonious. Begin now to take care of your conscious mind, knowing in your heart and soul that your subconscious mind is always expressing, reproducing, and manifesting according to your habitual thinking. Remember, just as water takes the shape of the pipe it flows through, the life principle in you flows through you according to the nature of your thoughts. Claim that the healing presence in your subconscious is flowing through you as harmony, health, peace, joy, and abundance. Think of it as a living intelligence, a lovely companion along the way. Firmly believe it continually flowing through you, inspiring you and prospering you. It will respond exactly this way. It is done unto you as you believe. Healing Principle of the Subconscious Restores Optic Nerves One of the most celebrated healing shrines in the world is at Lourdes in southwestern France. The archives of the medical department of Lourdes are filled with dossiers that detail well-authenticated cases of what are termed miraculous healings. One example among many is the case of Madame Beer who was blind, with optic nerves that were atrophied and useless. After she visited Lourdes, she regained her sight. Several doctors who examined her testified that her optic nerves were still useless, and yet she saw. Month later, a re-examination found that her visual mechanism had been fully restored to normal. I am thoroughly convinced that Madame Beer was not healed by the waters of the shrine. What healed her was her own subconscious mind, which responded to her belief. The healing principle within her subconscious mind responded to the nature of her thought. Belief is a thought in the subconscious mind. It means to accept something as true. The thought accepted executes itself automatically. Undoubtedly, Madame Beer went to the shrine with expectancy and great faith. She knew in her heart she would receive a healing. Her subconscious mind responded accordingly, releasing the ever-present healing forces. The subconscious mind that created the eye can certainly bring a dead nerve back to life. What the creative principle created, it can recreate. According to your belief, is it done unto you? How to convey the idea of perfect health to your subconscious mind. A Methodist minister I met in Johannesburg, South Africa, told me how he overcame an advanced case of lung cancer. The method he used was to convey the idea of perfect health to his subconscious mind. At my request, he sent me a detailed description of the process, which I now pass along to you. Several times a day, I would make certain that I was completely relaxed, mentally and physically. I relaxed my body by speaking to it as follows. My feet are relaxed. My ankles are relaxed. My legs are relaxed. My abdominal muscles are relaxed. My heart and lungs are relaxed. My head is relaxed. My whole being is completely relaxed. 
After about five minutes, I would find myself drifting into a sleepy, drowsy state. Then I affirmed the following truth. The perfection of God is now being expressed through me. The idea of perfect health is now filling my subconscious mind. The image God has of me is a perfect image, and my subconscious mind recreates my body in perfect accordance with the perfect image held in the midst of God. This minister had a remarkable healing. The technique he used is as simple, straightforward way of conveying the idea of perfect health to your subconscious mind. Another wonderful way to convey the idea of health to your subconscious is through disciplined or scientific imagination. I told the man who was suffering from functional paralysis to make a vivid picture of himself walking around in his office, touching the desk, answering the telephone, and doing all the things he ordinarily would do if he were healed. I explained to him that this mental vis visualization of perfect health would be accepted by his subconscious mind. He threw himself into the role. He actually felt himself back in the office. He knew that he was giving his subconscious mind something concrete and definite to work upon. His subconscious mind was the film upon which the visualization was impressed. He continued this visualization discipline intensively for several weeks. Then one day, the telephone rang at a time when everyone else was out. The telephone was 12 feet away from his bed. Nevertheless, he managed to answer it. His paralysis vanished from that hour on. The healing power of his subconscious mind had responded to his mental imagery, and a healing followed. This man had suffered from a mental block that prevented nerve impulses generated in the brain from reaching his legs. Therefore, he could not walk. When he shifted his attention to the healing power within him, the power flowed through his focused attention, and he could walk again. Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Matthew twenty-one twenty-two. Ideas Worth Remembering Your subconscious mind controls all the vital processes of your body and knows the answer to all problems. Prior to sleep, turn over a specific request to your subconscious mind and prove its miracle working power to yourself. Whatever you impress on your subconscious mind is expressed on the screen of space as conditions, experiences, and events. Therefore, you should carefully watch all ideas and thoughts entertained in your conscious mind. The law of action and reaction is universal. Your thought is action, and the reaction is the automatic response of your subconscious mind to your thought. Watch your thoughts. All frustration is due to unfulfilled desires. If you dwell on obstacles, delays, and difficulties, your subconscious mind responds accordingly, and you are blocking your own good. 
the life principle will flow through you rhythmically and harmoniously if you consciously affirm, I believe that the subconscious power that gave me this desire is now fulfilling it through me. This dissolves all conflicts. You can interfere with the normal rhythm of your heart, lungs, and other organs by worry, anxiety, and fear. Feed your subconscious with thoughts of harmony, health, and peace, and all the functions of your body will become normal again. Keep your conscious mind busy with the expectation of the best and your subconscious will faithfully reproduce your habitual thinking. Imagine the happy ending or solution to your problem. Feel the thrill of your accomplishment, and what you imagine and feel will be accepted by your subconscious mind, which will bring it to pass. Chapter 4. Mental Healings in Ancient Times through the ages, people in every continent, climate, and culture have instinctively known that somewhere there resided a healing power that could restore the abilities and functions of a person's body to its normal state of efficiency and good health. They believed that this strange power could be invoked under certain conditions and that if it were invoked properly, the alleviation of human suffering would follow. The history of all nations presents testimony in support of this belief. In early history of the world, the power of secretly influencing men for good or evil, including the healing of the sick, was said to be possessed by priests, priestesses, and holy people. They claimed to possess powers derived directly from God that included the healing of the sick. The procedures and processes of healing varied throughout the world, but they generally included supplications and offerings to the god, various ceremonies such as the laying on of hands and incantations, and the use of amulets, talismans, rings, relics, and images. For example, in the religions of antiquity, priests in the ancient temples gave drugs to their patients and practiced hypnotic suggestions as they went to sleep. The patients were told that the gods would surely visit them in their sleep and heal them. Many healings followed. The devotees of Hecate were told to mix lizards with resin, frankincense, and myrrh, and pound all this together in the open air under the crescent moon. After performing these bizarre and mysterious rites, they prayed to the goddess took the potions they had just compounded, and went to sleep. If their faith, faith was strong, they saw the goddess in a dream. This rite, which sounds so strange, even fantastic to our ears, was followed by healings. People in ancient times worked out many effective ways to tap the incredible power of the subconscious mind and use it for healing. While they knew that these procedures worked, however, they did not understand how or why they worked. Today, we can see that they were using potent suggestions to the subconscious mind. The rituals and potions and amulets appealed powerfully 
to the imagination of people and favored the acceptance by the subconscious mind of the insistent suggestions given by the healer. But the work of healing was done by the patient's own subconscious mind. In all ages, unofficial healers have obtained remarkable results in cases where authorized medical skill had failed and the patients had given up hope. This gives cause for thought. How did these healers in all parts of the world effect their cures? The answer is that these healings take place because the blind belief of the sick person released the healing powers resident in his or her subconscious mind. The more fantastic and peculiar the remedies and methods used by the healers, the more likely the patients were to believe that anything so strange must be unusually powerful. Their aroused emotional state made it easier for them to accept the suggestion of help in both their conscious and subconscious minds. This point will be discussed at greater length in the next chapter. Biblical Accounts on the Use of the Subconscious Powers What things whatsoever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Mark 11.24 Reread this passage and pay close attention to the differences in tenses. The verbs believe and receive are in the present, but the verb shall, have, is in the future. The inspired writer is telling us something of the greatest importance by this seemingly minor difference in the grammar of the sentence. If we believe and accept as true the fact that our desire has already been accomplished and fulfilled, that it is already completed, then its realization will follow as a thing in the future. The success of this technique relies on the confident conviction that the thought, the idea, the picture is already fact in mind. In order for anything to have substance in the realm of the mind, It must be thought of as actually existing. Here in a few cryptic words is a concise and specific direction for making use of the creative power of thought by impressing upon the subconscious the particular thing you desire. Your thought, idea, plan, or purpose is as real on its own plane as your hand or your heart. In following the biblical technique, you completely eliminate from your mind all consideration of conditions, circumstances, or anything that might imply a negative outcome. You are planting a seed, a concept, in the mind that if you leave it undisturbed will infallibly germinate into external fruition. The prime condition that Jesus insisted upon was faith. Over and over again, you read in the Bible, according to your faith, it is done unto you. If you plant certain types of seeds in the ground, you have faith. They will grow after their kind. This is the way of seeds. 
and trusting the laws of growth and agriculture, you know that the seeds will come forth after their kind. The faith that is described in the Bible is a way of thinking, an attitude of mind, an inner certitude, knowing that the idea you fully accept in your conscious mind will be embodied in your subconscious mind and made manifest. Faith is, in a sense, accepting as true what you reason and senses deny. It is dozing down, refusing to listen to the little, rational, analytical, conscious mind and embracing an attitude of complete reliance on the inner power of your subconscious mind. Here is one of the best-known examples of the biblical technique of healing. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. Matthew 9, 28 to 30. By saying, According to your faith, be it unto you, Jesus was openly appealing to the cooperation of the subconscious mind of the blind men. Their faith was their great expectancy, their inner feeling, their inner conviction that something miraculous would happen, that their prayer would be answered, and therefore it was. This is a time-honored technique of healing, utilized alike by all healing groups throughout the world, regardless of religious affiliation. In saying, see that no man know it, Jesus was urging the healed patients not to discuss their healing with others. If they did so, they might be harassed by the skeptical and derogatory criticisms of the unbelieving. This, in turn, might have tended to undo the benefits they had received at the hand of Jesus by depositing thoughts of fear, doubt, and anxiety in the subconscious mind. For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they came out. Luke 4.36 When the sick came to Jesus to be healed, they were healed by their own faith, together with his faith and understanding of the healing power of the subconscious mind. Whatever he decreed, he felt inwardly to be true. He and the people needing help were in, the, in one universal subjective mind, and his silent inner knowing and conviction of the healing power changed the negative destructive patterns in the patient's subconscious. The resultant healings were the automatic response to the internal mental change. His command was his appeal to the subconscious mind of the patients, plus his awareness, feeling, and absolute trust in the response of the subconscious mind to the words that he spoke with authority. Miracles at various shrines throughout the world. On every continent, in every land, there are shrines at which cures take place. 
Some are world famous. Others are known only to those who live nearby. Whether celebrated or obscure, the healings that happen at these shrines happen for the same reasons and by the same way, the powers of the subconscious mind. I have visited several of the famous shrines in Japan. The central focus of the world-renowned shrine of Diabatsu is a gigantic bronze statue, 42 feet tall. It depicts Buddha seated with folded hands, his head inclined in an attitude of profound contemplative ecstasy. Here I saw young and old making offerings at its feet. Money, fruit, rice, and oranges were offered. Candles were lit, incense was burned, and prayers of petition were recited. I listened to the chant of a young girl as she intoned a prayer, bowed low, and placed two oranges as an offering. She was thankful to Buddha for restoring her voice. She had lost her voice, but it was restored at the shrine. Her simple faith that Buddha would give her back her singing voice if she followed a certain ritual, fasted, and made certain offerings had helped to kindle faith and expectancy. The result was a conditioning of her mind to the point of belief. Her subconscious mind then responded to her belief. Is this all new to you? Or have you heard this all before? First time or the hundredth is all good. But if it's the hundredth and nothing has changed in your life, it's all because of your self-sabotaging thoughts. The power of imagination and blind faith cannot be overstated. A wondrous example of this is in the case of a relative of mine in Perth in Western Australia who suffered from tuberculosis. His lungs were badly diseased. His son decided to help his father heal himself. He went to his father's home and told him he had recently met a wandering monk with strange powers. This monk had just returned from a long stay at one of the most celebrated healing shrines in Europe. There he had acquired a small fragment of the true cross, set in a ring that dated back to the Middle Ages. Over the centuries, countless sufferers had been healed after touching the ring of the fragment of the cross. When the son had heard this, he told the monk about his father's illness and begged to borrow the ring. The monk had agreed. The son then gave the monk a freewill offering of the equivalent of $500. When the son showed his father the ring, the older man practically snatched it from him. He clasped the ring to his chest, prayed silently, and went to sleep. In the morning, he was healed. All the clinic's tests proved negative. Healings of this sort happen all the time. What is most significant about this one is that the son's amazing story was totally made up. In fact, he had picked up a splinter of ordinary wood from the sidewalk, taken it to a jeweler, and had it set in a gold ring of antique design. He then gave it to his father. You know, of course, it was not the splinter of wood from the sidewalk that healed the father. No, it was his imagination aroused to an intense degree, plus the confident expectancy 
of perfect healing. Imagination was joined to faith or subjective feeling, and the union of the two brought about a healing through the power of his subconscious mind. The father never learned of the trick that had been played upon him. If he had, he might well have had a relapse. Instead, his tuberculosis never returned. He remained completely cured and passed away from the causes 15 years later at the age of 89. One Universal Healing Principle It is a well-known fact that all the various schools of healing bring about documented cures of the most wonderful character. The most obvious conclusion that strikes your mind is that there must be some underlying organ and process that is common to them all. Indeed, there is. The organ of healing is the subconscious mind, and the process of healing is faith. Think deeply about these fundamental truths. You possess mental functions that have been distinguished by designating one of the conscious mind and the other subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is constantly amenable to the power of suggestion. Your subconscious mind has complete control of the functions, conditions, and sensations of your body. You surely know that symptoms of almost any disease can be induced in hypnotic subjects by suggestion. For example, a subject in the hypnotic state can develop a high temperature, flushed face, or chills according to the nature of the suggestion given. You can suggest to the person that he is paralyzed and cannot walk, and it will be so. You can hold a cup of cold water under the nose of a hypnotic subject and tell him, this is full of pepper. Smell it. He will sneeze violently and repeatedly. What do you think caused him to sneeze? The water or the suggestion? If someone tells you he is allergic to timothy grass, you can place a synthetic flower or an empty glass in front of his nose. When he is in a hypnotic state and then tell him it is Timothy grass. He will develop his usual allergic reaction. This shows, it shows us that the cause of the symptoms is in the subconscious mind. Curing the symptoms also takes place in the subconscious mind. Different schools of medicine, such as osteopathy, chiropractic, Qigong, acupuncture, and naturopathy, all produce remarkable healings. So do the rites and ceremonies of the various religious beliefs throughout the world. It is obvious that all of these healings are brought about through the subconscious mind, the only healer there is. Notice how the subconscious mind heals a cut on your finger. It knows exactly how to do it. The doctor dresses the wound and says, nature heals it. But nature is nothing more than another name for natural law, the law of the subconscious mind. The instinct of self-preservation is the first law of nature, and self-preservation is the foremost function of the subconscious mind. Your strongest instinct is the most potent of all auto-suggestions. Widely different theories. Many different theories of healing 
have been advanced by different religious sects and prayer therapy groups. There are a great number who claim that because their practice produces results, their theory therefore must be right. As we have seen in this chapter, this cannot be correct. As you know, there are many varieties of healing. Franz Anton Mesmer, 1734-1815, an Austrian physician who practiced in Paris, discovered that by applying magnets to a diseased body, he could cure that disease miraculously. He also performed cures with various other pieces of glass and metal. Later, he abandoned the use of these objects in favor of passing his hands over the patient's body. He claimed that the real source of his cure was what he called animal magnetism. He theorized that some mysterious magnetic substance was transmitted from the healer's hands to the patient. Mesmer lent his name to this method of treating disease, which came to be called mesmerism. Today, we know it as hypnotism. Other physicians, jealous of Mesmer's success, claimed that all his healings were due to suggestion and nothing else. When passed, however, they had to admit that they did not know how this power of suggestion created such amazing effects. All of these groups, psychiatrists, psychologists, osteopaths, chiropractors, physicians, and religious groups of every variety, are using the one universal power resident in the subconscious mind. Each may proclaim the healings are due to their theory, but the truth is far different. The process of all healing is a definite, positive mental attitude, an inner attitude, or a way of thinking called faith. Healing is due to a confident expectancy that acts as a powerful suggestion to the subconscious mind, releasing its potency. One person does not heal by a different power than another. It is true that both may have their own theories or methods, but there is only one process of healing, and that is faith. There is only one healing power, namely your subconscious mind. Select whatever theory, belief, and method that calls out to you. You can rest assured, if you have faith, you will get results. Views of Paraclesis Philippus Paraclesis, a famous Swiss alchemist and physician who lived from 1493 to 1541, was a great healer in his day. He stated what is now an obvious scientific fact when he said, whether the object of your faith be real or false, you will nevertheless obtain the same effects. Thus, if I believed in St. Peter's statue, as I should have believed in St. Peter himself, I shall obtain the same effects that I should have obtained from St. Peter. But that is superstition. Faith, however, produces miracles, and whether it is true or false faith, it will always produce the same wonders. The views of Paraclesis were echoed in the 16th century by Pietro Pompanazzi, an Italian philosopher who wrote, 
we can easily conceive the marvelous effects which confidence and imagination can produce, particularly when both qualities are reciprocated between the subjects and the person who influences them. The cures attributed to the influence of certain relics are the effect of their imagination and confidence. Quacks and philosophers know that if the bones of any skeleton were put in a place of the saint's bones, the sick would nonetheless experience beneficial effects if they believed that they were veritable relics. Think what this implies. If you believe in the power of saints' bones or in the healing properties of certain waters, or, like my Austrian relative, in the miraculous effects of a fragment of wood, you will get results because of the powerful suggestion given to your subconscious mind. It is the latter that does the healing. Bernheim's Experiments Hippolyte Bernheim was professor of medicine at Nancy, France, early in the 20th century. He was one of the first to explain how a physician's suggestion to the patient took effect because of the force of the subconscious mind. Bernheim relates the story of a man whose tongue was paralyzed. Every form of treatment was tried, with no success. Then, one day, the doctor announced that he had learned of a new instrument that was certain to relieve his problem. The doctor then put a pocket thermometer in the patient's mouth. The patient imagined this was the instrument that was to save him. In a few moments, he cried out joyfully that he could once more move his tongue freely. Bernheim continues, Among our cases, facts of the same sort will be found. A young girl came into my office having suffered from complete loss of speech for nearly four weeks. After making sure of the diagnoses, I told my student that the loss of speech sometimes yielded instantly to electricity, which might act simply by its suggestive influence. I sent for the induction apparatus. I applied my hands over the larynx and moved a little and said, now you can speak aloud. In an instant, I made her say A, then B, then Maria. She continued to speak distinctively. The loss of voice had disappeared. Here Bernheim is showing the power of faith and expectancy on the part of the patient, which acts as a powerful suggestion to the subconscious mind. Producing a blister by suggestion. Bernheim states that he produced a blister on the back of a patient's neck by applying a postage stamp and suggesting to the patient that it was a fly plaster. This sort of demonstration has been confirmed by the experiments and experiences of many doctors in many parts of the world. These leave no doubt that the structural changes in the body can be brought about as a result of oral suggestions to patients. The Cause of Bloody Stigmata Hemorrhages and bloody stigmata can be induced by means of suggestion. As a demonstration of this, Dr. M. Buru put a subject into a hypnotic trance, then gave him the following suggestion. 
at four o'clock this afternoon, after the hypnosis, you will come into my office, sit down in this armchair and fold your arms across your chest. Your nose will then begin to bleed. That afternoon, the young man did exactly as he, as he had been told. After he crossed his arms, several drops of blood came from his left nostril. On another occasion, the same investigator traced a patient's name on both his forearms with the dull point of an instrument while the patient was in a hypnotic trance. Borough then said, At four o'clock this afternoon, you will go to sleep. Your arms will bleed along the lines I have traced, and your name will appear written on your arms in letters of blood. The patient was carefully observed that afternoon. At four o'clock, he fell asleep. On his left arm, the letters stood out in bright relief, and in several places there were drops of blood. Although the letter letters gradually faded, they were still faintly visible three months afterward. These facts demonstrate at once in the correctness of the two fundamental propositions previously stated, namely the constant amenability of the subconscious mind to the power of suggestion and the perfect control that the subconscious mind exercises over the functions, sensations, and conditions of the body. All the foregoing phenomena dramatize vividly abnormal conditions induced by suggestions. They are conclusive proof that as a man thinketh in his heart, or his subconscious mind, so is he. Healing points in review. Remind yourself frequently that the healing power is in your subconscious mind. Know that faith is like a seed planted in the ground. It grows after its kind. Plant the idea or the seed in your mind. Water and fertilize it with expectancy and it will become manifest. The idea you have for a book, new invention, or play is really in your mind. This is why you can believe you have it now. Believe in the reality of your idea, plan, or invention, and as you do, it will become manifest. In praying for another, know that your silent inner knowing of wholeness, beauty, and perfection can change the negative patterns of the other's subconscious mind and bring about wonderful results. The miraculous healings you hear about at various shrines are due to imagination and blind faith that the act on the subconscious mind releasing the healing power. All disease originates in the mind. Nothing appears on the body unless there is a mental pattern corresponding to it. The symptoms of almost any disease can be induced in you by your hypnotic suggestion. This shows you the power of your thought. There is only one process of healing, and that is faith. There is only one healing, power, namely your subconscious mind. Whether the object of your faith is real or false, you will get results. Your subconscious mind responds to the thought in your mind. Look upon faith as a thought in your mind, and that will suffice.
Chapter 5. Mental Healings in Modern Times What is it that heals? Where is the healing power? And how can it be put to practical use? These are vital questions of deep concern to all of us. To all of them, the answer is the same. The healing power is in the subconscious mind of every person, and a changed mental attitude on the part of the sick person releases this healing power. No mental or religious science practitioner, psychologist, psychiatrist, or medical doctor ever healed a patient. There is an old saying, the doctor dresses the wound, but God heals it. The psychologist or psychiatrist makes effective change by removing the mental blocks in the patient so that the healing principle may be released, restoring the patient to health. In the same way, the surgeon removes the physical block, enabling the healing currents to function normally. No physician, surgeon, or mental science practitioner can legitimately claim that he or she healed the patient. The one healing power may be called by different names, nature, life, God, creative intelligence, but in reality, these are simply different ways to refer to subconscious power. As we have already seen, there are many different ways we can use to remove the mental, emotional, and physical blocks that inhibit the flow of the healing life principle animating all of us. The healing principle resident in your subconscious mind can and will, if properly directed by you or some other person, heal your mind and body of all disease. This healing principle operates in all people regardless of creed, color, or race. You do not have to belong to some particular church in order to use and participate in this healing process. Your subconscious will heal the burn or the cut on your hand, even if you profess to be an atheist or agnostic. Modern mental healing is based on the truth that the infinite intelligence and power of your subconscious mind responds according to your faith. Mental science practitioners or ministers follow the injunction of the Bible. That is, they go into their closet and shut the door which means they still their minds, relax, let go, and think of the infinite healing presence within them. They close the door of their mind to all outside distractions as well as appearances, and then they quietly and knowingly turn over their request or desire to their subconscious mind, realizing that the intelligence of their mind will answer them according to their specific needs. The most wonderful thing to know is this. Imagine the end desired and feel its reality. Then the infinite life principle will respond to your conscious choice and your conscious request. This is the meaning of the text. Believe you have received and you shall receive. This is what the modern mental scientist does when he or she practices prayer therapy. One 
process of healing. There is only one universal healing principle operating through everything. The cat, the dog, the tree, the grass, the wind, the earth, for everything is alive. This life principle operates through the animal, vegetable, and mineral kingdoms as instinct and the law of growth. Because humans are consciously aware of this life principle, we can consciously direct it to bless ourselves in countless ways. There are many different approaches, techniques, and methods in using the universal power, but there is only one process of healing, which is faith. For according to your faith, it is done unto you. The Law of Belief All religions of the world represent forms of belief, and these beliefs are explained in many ways. The Law of Life is Belief. What do you believe about yourself, life, and the universe? It is done unto you as you believe. Belief is a thought in your mind that causes the power of your subconscious to be distributed into all phases of your life according to your thinking habits. You must realize that when the Bible speaks of belief, it is not talking about your belief in some ritual, ceremony, form, institution or formula, it is talking about belief itself. The belief of your mind is simply the thought of your mind. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Mark 9.23 It is foolish to believe in something that will hurt or harm you. Remember, it is not the thing believed in that hurts or harms you, but the belief or thought in your mind that creates the result. All your experiences, all your actions, and all the events and circumstances of your life are but the reflections and reactions to your own thought. Prayer therapy is the combined function of the conscious and subconscious mind scientifically directed. Prayer therapy is the synchronized, harmonious, and intelligent function of the conscious and subconscious levels of mind, specifically directed for a definite purpose. In scientific prayer, or prayer therapy, you must know what you are doing and why you are doing it. You trust the law of healing. Prayer therapy is sometimes referred to as mental treatment. Another term is scientific prayer. In prayer therapy, you consciously choose a certain idea, mental picture, or plan that you desire to experience. You realize your capacity to convey this idea or mental image to your subconscious by feeling the reality of the state assumed. As you remain faithful in your mental attitude, your prayer will be answered. Prayer therapy is a definite mental action for a definite specific purpose. Let us suppose that you decide to heal a certain difficulty by prayer therapy. You are aware that your problem or sickness, whatever it may be, must be caused by negative thoughts charged with fear 
and lodged in your subconscious mind. You realize that if you can succeed in cleansing your mind of these thoughts, you will get a healing. You, therefore, turn to the healing power within your subconscious mind. You remind yourself of its infinite power and intelligence and its capacity to heal all conditions. As you dwell on these truths, your fear will begin to dissolve. The recollection of these truths battles and ultimately overcomes the erroneous beliefs. You give thanks for the healing that you know will come. Then you keep your mind off the difficulty until you feel guided, after an interval, to pray again. While you are praying, you refuse to give any power to the negative conditions or to admit for a second that the healing will not come. This attitude of mind brings about the harmonious union of the conscious and subconscious mind, which releases the healing power. Faith healing, what it means, and how blind faith works. What is popularly known as faith healing is not the faith spoken of in the Bible, which means a knowledge of the interaction of the conscious and subconscious mind. A faith healer is one who heals without any real scientific understanding of the powers and forces involved. He or she may claim a special gift of healing, and the sick person's blind belief in him or her, or in his or her powers, may bring results. In many parts of the world, traditional healers treat their patients by dances, incantations, and invocations of spirits. A person may be healed by touching the relics of a saint, wearing special ritual garb, lighting a holy incense or candle, or drinking a mixture of brewed herbs. Anything that leads the patient to honestly believe in the method or process will make a healing more likely. Any method that causes you to move from fear and worry to faith and expectancy will heal. Many people claim that because their individual theories produce results, they must therefore be correct and true. As we have already seen, this cannot be right. To illustrate how blind faith works, think back to our discussion of the Swiss physician, Franz Anton Mesmer. In 1776, he claimed to have produced many cures by stroking the bodies of his patients with magnets. Later, he threw away his magnets and simply made passes with his hands at a short distance from the patient. This too worked. To explain the success of this new procedure, Mesmer evolved the theory of animal magnetism. This is held to be a fluid that pervades the universe, but is most active in the human organism. He claimed that this mag magnetic fluid was being transmitted from his hands to the diseased bodies of his patients, and that this transfer of animal magnetism was what healed them. People flocked to him, and many wonderful cures were reported. Mesmer moved to Paris. There, the government appointed a commission to investigate his cures. 
Its members included prominent physicians and members of the Academy of Science, of which Benjamin Franklin was a member. After a thorough inquiry, the commission admitted that Mesmer had produced confirmed cures. It held, however, that there was no evidence to prove the correctness of his magnetic fluid theory. It suggested that the effects were due to the imagination of the patients. Soon after this, Mesmer was driven into exile. He died in 1815. Shortly afterward, Dr. James Braid of Manchester, England, undertook to show that magnetic fluid had nothing to do with the production of the healings of Dr. Mesmer. Dr. Braid discovered that patients could be thrown into hypnotic sleep by suggestion. While they were in the hypnotic trance, he succeeded in producing many of the amazing phenomena that Mesmer had ascribed to animal magnetism. You can readily see that all these cures were undoubtedly brought about by the active imagination of the patients together with a powerful suggestion of health to their subconscious minds. It is not unfair to call this blind faith because neither the patients nor the practitioners understood how the cures were brought about. Subjective Faith and What It Means The subjective or subconscious mind of an individual is as amenable to the control of his or her own conscious or objective mind as it is to the suggestion of another. It follows that whatever may be your objective belief, if you assume to have faith actively or passively, your subconscious mind will be controlled by the suggestion and your desire will be fulfilled. The faith required in mental healings is purely subjective faith. The way to attain it is to put an end to active opposition on the part of the objective or conscious mind. For an effective healing of the body to take place, it is, of course, best if both the conscious and subconscious mind are in a state of fully accepting faith. However, it is not essential. You can enter into a condition of passivity and receptivity by relaxing the mind and the body and getting into a sleepy state. In this drowsy state, your passivity becomes receptive to subjective impression. A man once asked me, how is it that I got a healing through a certain minister? When he told me that there is no such thing as disease and that matter does not exist, I did not believe a word he said. I thought he was insulting my intelligence, and yet I was healed. How could that be? As I told this man, the explanation is simple. He was quieted by soothing words and told to get into a perfectly passive condition, to say nothing and think of nothing for the time being. The minister also became passive. He affirmed quietly, peacefully, and constantly for about half an hour that this man would have perfect health, peace, harmony, and wholeness. At the end of the half hour, the man felt immense relief and was restored to health. 
it is easy to see that his subjective faith had been made manifest by his passivity under treatment. And the suggestions of perfect healthfulness by the minister were conveyed to his subconscious mind. The two subjective minds were then in rapport. If the man had allowed his doubts about the healer's power and the correctness of his theory to surface, these would have acted as antagonistic auto-suggestions. The minister's suggestions would have been seriously handicapped or even totally frustrated. In this sleepy, drowsy state, however, the resistance of the conscious mind was reduced to a minimum. The subconscious mind of the patients was receptive to the minister's suggestion. It performed its functions in harmony with these suggestions, and a healing followed. Man, that's good stuff. Do you have a long list of what it is you want to draw into your experience? Were you taught that this is possible from early on, or is this new? The Meaning of Absent Treatment Suppose while living in Los Angeles, you learned that your mother in New York City was seriously ill. Your first impulse might be to leave your home and job to go be with her. But what if that were not possible? Would you have to give up any hope of lending the strength of your faith to the process of your mother's recovery? No. While you might not be physically present, your prayers would go to her nonetheless. It is the Father within that does the work. There is but one creative mind. The creative law of mind serves you. What you must do is induce an inner realization of health and harmony in your own mentality. Its response is automatic. The inner realization, acting through the subconscious mind, operates in turn on your mother's subconscious mind. Your thoughts of health, vitality, and perfection operate through the one universal subjective mind. They set in motion a law of the subjective side of life that manifests itself through her body as a healing. In the mind principle, there is no time or space. The same mind operates through your mother and through you, no matter where you may be. In reality, there is no absent treatment as opposed to present treatment, for the universal mind is omnipresent. You do not try to send out thoughts or hold a thought. Your treatment is a conscious movement of thought. As you become conscious of the qualities of health, well-being, and relaxation, these qualities will be resurgent in the experience of your mother. Results will follow. Here is an actual example of what is misleadingly called absent treatment. A woman in Los Angeles learned that her mother in New York had suffered a coronary thrombosis. She could not go to her mother's side, but she prayed as follows. The healing presence is right where my mother is. Her bodily condition is but a reflection of her thought life, like shadows cast on the screen. I know that in order to change the images on the screen, I must change what they reflect. I now project 
in my own mind the image of wholeness, harmony, and perfect health for my mother. The infinite healing presence that created my mother's body and all her organs is now saturating every atom of her being, and a river of peace flows through every cell of her body. The doctors are divinely guided and directed, and whoever touches my mother is guided to do the right thing. I know that disease has no ultimate reality. If it had, no one could be healed. I now align myself with the infinite principle of love and life, and I know the decree that harmony, health, and peace are now being expressed in my mother's body. She prayed in this manner several times a day. After a few days, her mother had a remarkable recovery. Her cardiologist was amazed and complimented her on her great faith in the power of God. The conclusion arrived uh, at her into her daughter's mind and accepted by her with perfect faith set in motion the creative energy within the universal subconscious mind. This manifested itself through her mother's body as perfect health and harmony. What the daughter felt as true about her mother was simultaneously expressed in the experience of her mother. Releasing the Kinetic Action of the Subconscious Mind A psychologist friend of mine told me that a biopsy had shown the presence of cancerous cells in a vital organ. Her oncologist recommended a painful and dangerous treatment. Before agreeing, my friend tried another approach. Every night before going to sleep, she quietly affirmed, every cell, nerve, tissue, and organ is now being made whole, pure, and perfect. My whole body is being restored to health and harmony. A complete healing followed in about a month's time. Subsequent tests show that the cancerous cells were no longer present. I was very impressed by this, but also curious. I asked her why she repeated her affirmation prior to sleep. She told me, once it is set in motion in a certain direction, the kinetic action of the subconscious mind continues throughout your sleep. That is why it is so critical to give the subconscious mind something beneficial to work on as you drop off into slumber. This was a very wise answer. Notice also that in thinking of harmony and perfect health, she never referred to her condition by name. I strongly suggest that you stop talking about your ailments or giving them a name, especially in the hours leading up to sleep. The only, they only sap from which they draw life is your attention and fear of them. Like the above-mentioned psychologist, become a mental surgeon. Then your troubles will be cut off the way dead branches are pruned from a tree. On the other hand, if you are constantly naming your aches and symptoms and discussing them, you give them power over you. You inhibit the kinetic action that's releasing the power and energy of your subconscious mind. Furthermore, by the law of your own mind, these imaginings tend to take shape as the thing I greatly feared. 
fill your mind with the great truths of life and walk forward in the light of love. Summary of your aids to health. Find out what it is that heals you. Realize that correct directions give, given to your subconscious mind will heal your mind and body. Develop a definite plan for turning over your requests or desires to your subconscious mind. Imagine the end desired and feel its reality. Follow it through and you will get definite results. Decide what belief is. Know that belief is a thought in your mind and that what you think, you create. It is foolish to believe in sickness or in anything that will hurt or harm you. Believe in perfect health, prosperity, peace, wealth, and divine guidance. Great and noble thoughts upon which you habitually dwell become great acts. Apply the power of prayer therapy in your life. Choose a certain plan, idea, or mental picture. Unite mentally and emotionally with that idea. As you remain faithful to your mental attitude, your prayer will be answered. Always remember, if you really want the power to heal, you can have it through faith, which means a knowledge of the working of your conscious and subconscious mind. Faith comes with understanding. Blind faith means that a person may get results in healing without any scientific understanding of the powers and forces involved. Learn to pray for your loved ones who may be ill. Quiet your mind. Your thoughts of health, vitality, and perfection operating through the one universal subjective mind will be felt and made manifest in the mind of your loved one.